Hello, craft beer friends, and welcome to Season 8, Episode 11 of Tap to Craft Podcast. I am Denny Lewis, coming to you from Boise, Idaho, and I don't have a partner in craft this week. I am all alone once again. This is like uh, the second, well, actually second episode this year that I was alone, maybe third, but uh, I wasn't quite alone last time because good buddy Jim Kutzall joined me to talk about Sierra Nevada, do some tastings, and that was a, a fun night, but tonight I didn't... I didn't put any stress on anyone because I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get on Facebook Live and, of course, invite people to join me. I don't even know how this thing works. Uh, Chris takes care of all this Facebook stuff. Um, and then I, I went to log into the Zoom account, and I don't know what the credentials are, and Chris is busy having fun. So uh, I didn't I didn't want to – I sent a quick little message saying, hey, what's the credentials to get Zoom logged in? Uh, he didn't respond because he was having fun. So I'm just going off on my own. And uh, we're going to have a hopefully a short show because if I'm talking about myself and just, of course, interacting with our Facebook Live crowd, which I, I know I've got Eric and Tara in there right now. I'm not sure else who else uh, is joining us. Oh, Matt Knight is there. Yes, Matt, I am flying solo tonight. Uh, you know, I can't always have a partner every every episode, and I can do this thing. I've got pretty pretty good experience of uh, of chatting about beer, and I'll tell you what. Getting on this Facebook Live and seeing people and interacting, it does give me a feeling like I have a bunch of people with me sharing in the uh, the chat and uh, answering my questions and reacting and, and whatever. So, hey, feel free to hit me up. I do have, I mentioned to Eric earlier, I'm not used to seeing this dashboard uh, director or producer thing, so I can actually see your guys' comments now. Normally, I they kind of get hidden away on my phone. Because that's how I'm usually doing the Facebook Live is just as a participant. Uh, but now that I'm directing or producing this thing, I can I can get to your comments much better like Chris does. That's why Chris is the boss when it comes to Facebook. But you know what? Let me talk about what's in my glass tonight. I already mentioned again, if you're early to the show, you already know. But I'm drinking Samuel Smith's Organic Chocolate Stout. This is a nice uh, big bottle. Uh, one pint, 2.7 fluid ounces. What is that? Uh, 18.7, almost 19 ounces. And I'm drinking it in my B cup. Got my B cup here, my stout glass. Uh, nice dark color. Still has a little bit of head in there. And I've had this beer many times before. And it was brought over by some friends that came over to drink beer this Saturday. And uh, and it, it didn't get drank because we had so many other beers that this one got left. So I thought, you know, I'm going to drink it on the show and enjoy it. So let me take a sip. Hmm. Yeah, that is nice. Nice and chocolatey. It's got like a milk chocolatey uh, flavor too. I typically like bitter things. So I like dark chocolate, some bitter chocolate. But this is a nice, more milky, uh, creamy uh, chocolate. So yeah, it's very good. And it's organic too. So at least I'm getting some some good organic uh, stuff. Well, we eat organic in my house anyway. So I, <laughs> I always get good organic stuff. But a lot of times my beer is not necessarily organic. So, uh, so yeah, so I'm drinking some organic beer. But you know what? I am flying solo, and I'm just going to get right to the right into the show. But before I get too far in to the show, I always want to let anyone new listening, I want to let you know what Tap to Craft Podcast is all about. We are an educational podcast. We focus around celebrating all things craft beer because we want to assist you, our listener, along in your craft beer journey and adventure. And you're listening to episode 193. We're recording on Monday. December 13th, 2021. And yes, I am on live on Facebook. And if you would like to join the rest of the crowd with me and Chris when we usually are doing this, you can do that on Facebook at 8.30 Eastern time on the Monday before the show gets released. Uh, just look for the post, hit that join, and interact along with us. And uh, let's see. So Matt's chatting up a a storm here. He says, yep, this is a classic beer. Good. I'm glad that Matt's enjoyed this uh, Samuel Smith before. He says, despite the last episode, I'm drinking my beer out of the can. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay to drink beer out of a can. I actually drink uh, a beer out of a can during the, the little tasting we had because I didn't want to pour a big glass and a bunch of small glasses. So I just took it and we drank a few glasses, you know, a few cans uh, in the can. It works out okay. Sometimes it's okay. But you, uh, but to be honest, it's just a Jenny Honey Brown. Well, hey, that still sounds like a good beer. He says, have a good show. I'm going to get some dinner. Well, chow down. Enjoy that late dinner, Matt. 
Okay, and uh, in this episode this week, we are going to be discussing cooking with beer. Yeah, we've talked about cooking with beer before, but you know what? It never gets old. And this time, I wanted to go ahead and it's the end of the year activities. And a lot of times you have little get-togethers. And also there's a lot of football on, you know, some bowl games and stuff. And maybe you want to have some friends over but don't know what to, to make for them. You want something unique. Well, sometimes adding beer to your normal recipes or going out and finding a special recipe just for the occasion for the dish that you want to serve up can be a real enjoyable experience. So I uh, I thought I'd go ahead and uh, talk about the do's and don'ts of using beer in cooking. Uh, if you don't decide to use an already vetted out recipe, you just want to add you know beer to your own res- recipe, there's some do's and don'ts. We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about a few recipes that I picked out that I think that kind of inspired me to want to try. And it kind of gives you like a full, like a full, di- you know, interaction day, you know, some, some appetizers, uh, some main course, and then some dessert, right? You got to have the whole thing. So we'll go over those. And hopefully I won't run out of voice talking, doing all this talking. So I like to always pass off the buck to Chris sometimes, but since he's not here, I guess I'm on my own. And I'd say we'd have some great conversation with Chris and I, but you know what? He's not here. So I'm going to just be talking to myself and to my Facebook Live listeners. Chris and I, we would like to thank all of our Patreon supporters because this episode is brought to you in part by our satisfied Patreon supporters like Mike Allen, Bill Schlimmer, and Amanda and Kevin Argauer, and our virtual producers, Tom Byrne, or wait, those are our virtual producers. And of course, Tom Byrne, Jeff Seiler, Johan Halberg, Tara Carlson, Chalamasa, Mark Church, Matt Knight, and Eric Gronley, who want to buy us a virtual beer. If you enjoy the content we provide, we invite you to support the show by toasting your host or buying us a virtual beer or even becoming a virtual producer. You can explore the options on our support page by visiting patreon.com slash tap the craft. And guess what? We have some feedback from the last episode. And who provided us some feedback? It's our old buddy, Mr. John Ream. Yes, the head brewer and owner of Trek Brewing in Columbus, Ohio area. And uh, again, if you, if you haven't been around for very long, John was a co-host of Tap to Craft podcast early on. And, uh, and so, you know, we interact quite a bit and he listens to the show still. He still, even though he's not on it anymore, he still enjoys listening to it while he's brewing up some beer or cleaning up the warehouse or cleaning tanks or whatever he does as a brewer. Uh, so he, he likes to interact with us. So um, here's what he had to say. Uh, he, he commented on our pub glassware thievery that I mentioned that I didn't know that that was something that was so, so big. So he says, yes, glasses get stolen frequently. We will be fine for a while. And then all of a sudden, 20 glasses will be missing. I had a lady tell me once, if we didn't offer the glasses for sale, she would have stolen it. Well, at least she's being honest. But again, it the it just kind of really shocks me that there's that many people out there that just think it's okay to steal. Steal glassware. I mean, someone has to pay for it. And guess what? If you're stealing the beer glass, then everyone else is going to be paying, you know, for that theft as well, because you got to, you know, the brewer's got to buy more glasses. So let's not steal any more brewery glasses. Let's just go enjoy them and return those glasses back to the bar tap so that they can clean them up and get them out to the rest of the patrons that want to go ahead and drink after you. So yeah, thanks, John, for that feedback. And, you know, we have... uh uh, Jim Kudzall and Tara Carlson here. And Tara did write a quick little e- email just to let us know that she was on another beer adventure. I only got the first stop. I don't have the rest of it. We never got the rest of the emails. She must have uh, got busy and forgot to send the rest. But it says, I had two days to lose or lose. These are vacation days. So we are going to are going on a little beer adventure to the eastern shore of Maryland. We are at the first brewery, Gateway. And it's delightful. Unfortunately... It is tap room only. Well, yeah, I guess if it, but it, hopefully it was a nice tap room. So you got to enjoy some nice, uh, you know, decorations in there. And hopefully the beer was good as well. And of course, I'm sure the company was fantastic because, you know, you were with Jim and maybe some friends. Maybe that would be good. Talking about Jim, Jim says in his glass is homebrew Imperial Stout at 10% ABV. Nice. Nice. You know what? I didn't see what this, this uh, stout is. It is. It's so funny. 
you would think that they would just put these ABVs like right front and proud on here. But you know what? I can't even find. Oh, it's 5%. This is a very low alcohol stout, which I need to start drinking before. it. Well, you know what? It can warm up a little bit. Probably tastes better a little warm anyway. Mm. All right. Well, thank you, John and Tara, for writing in and giving us some feedback. We appreciate that. If you want to be like John and Tara, you can send us an email with your comment or question or story at tapsacraft at gmail.com. Or if you'd rather just send it in quick little 120 or 140 characters, you can do that on Twitter and Instagram along with a photo uh, at tapsacraft. That's just, both of them have the at tapsacraft logo. Uh, what is that called again? I always lose the, uh, uh, oh, whatever, whatever our, our tag is. <laughs> I'm not very good at this social stuff, but, but yeah, just at tap to craft. And of course we are on Facebook. In fact, we're live on Facebook right now. And if you want to leave a comment to the show post there, go ahead and leave a comment. It's at facebook.com slash tap to craft. And we do have a voicemail number. We love hearing your voicemails. If you want to get your voice heard on the show, you can call 208-536-3359 or 208-53-ODDLY and get your voicemail in, ask us a question, give us feedback, um, tell us a story, whatever you want to do. We love it. We love hearing you, uh, your voice and interacting with you. So go ahead and and do it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to skip the untapped thing because that's Chris's segment. And, uh, you know, he prepares for that. I, you know what, I'm barely keeping it going here with trying to keep uh, the recording going, Facebook producer, uh, and uh, drink my beer. I got to make sure I have enough time to drink my beer. So we're going to go ahead and skip that for this week. I apologize for all the people that probably rushed to get their check-in in so they could be heard, uh, their check-in on the air. But, yeah, you just blame Chris. Yeah, you can write Chris at... Uh, on Twitter, where he never checks at, uh, I don't even know what his Twitter address is, Chris underscore McKenzie 86 at, or something like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. But we're going to go right into the Brew Buzz segment. See, we're flying right through this this episode. Hopefully it'll be longer than 30 minutes, because I don't even know how, how long I've been recording for. 12, 13 minutes? All right, we're going to be quick. Okay, wait a minute. I see that I have some more comments here from Eric Growling. He says, I need to just bite the bullet and call the voicemail line. Yes, you do. I'm such a chicken. <laughs> no, no need to be a chicken. No need to be a chicken. And Eric, you know what? If you don't want to, if you're too chicken to do a voicemail, hit us up. Maybe you can join us on air live and get your, get your face and your voice out there to all of our listeners. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, we would love to have you on if you have time. And then Jim says, Chad will be disappointed, of course. Chad, uh, you know, he, even though we're not going to read it, we know he has a check-in ready for us for his, what, 11, what did Chris say, 11,399 time? I don't know. He's, <laughs> he keeps track of that. All right. So the Brew Buzz is devoted to discussing various beer-related topics. And this week we discuss, uh, actually, we take another look at cooking with beer uh, for the end-of-year activities and watching college bowl games. So like I mentioned too, we're going to we're going to go ahead and break down some uh you know information about cooking with beer, uh, some do's and don'ts of what you should and shouldn't do when you're using beer in your food cooking. And of course, give you give you know Tara is just waiting to write down these recipes. And I am going to put these uh I have links to these recipes. They all came from the same website, uh thebeerinstitute.org. And uh, and I'll have a link in the show notes. So if you just want to visit the website, you can visit the website and uh, just find the show, look at the show notes and click the link. And it'll take you right to the recipe so you don't have to worry about writing everything down as I'm talking. All right. Quick little beer drink. You know, it's much easier to drink beer when you're not talking the whole time. I brought three beers up here. But you know what? I think I'm barely going to get this one beer finished because... I just can't uh, can't stop talking, but I will take some more some more beer breaks as we go. All right, so I did get this information from a couple of websites. So the first article that I got it, got from is called "Cooking with Beer," and this is from the Beer Institute website. It's also where I got all the recipes. And then the second article um, is the do's and don'ts for cooking with beer, and this is from the craftbeerclub.com website. So this is like a 
craft beer club service, but they have a blog and they had a do and do's and don'ts. And I thought, you know what? These make sense. And I'm not, I have cooked with beer. And in fact, uh, I need to repost that Christmas cookie one. I bought another bottle of, uh, of the, uh, St. Bernard's Christmas L a nice big 25 ounce bottle. I don't know if I just want to drink all the beer or if I want to use some of it for making those Christmas cookies again. I don't know. I, it was a lot of work, but those Christmas cookies are so good, but we'll see. Maybe you will get surprised and, uh, but I'm not going to do another video because that's a lot of work. And, uh, I think it doubles the time by doing the video. So I'll just drink the beer and my wife just got done making cookies. So I don't need to make more cookies, right? Ah, that's fine. Okay. So because beer is such a satisfying, cooling beverage, many people forget that it's also one of the world's greatest seasoning agents. Used properly, beer turns the most ordinary foods into exceptional party fare. Like, hey, we want party fare because that's what I'm talking about. We want to get the football parties, the end of the year parties, maybe a Christmas party, whatever. Uh, you know, We want to go ahead and, uh, and prepare some good food that might be a little different from what everyone else is doing. Why not add some beer to it? So as a marinade for meat, fish, or seafood, it tenderizes. Uh, in roasting, baking, or broiling, beer is used to baste the foods, the foods, the foods, <laughs> or as an ingredient in the basting sauce to impart a rich dark color and highlight the gravy. Used in place of water as a simmering liquid, beer brings out the richness in the meat and vegetables. The alcohol evaporates in cooking, leaving only the delicate flavors to intrigue the diner. As a baking liquid, beer is unsurpassed. It adds a lightness and buoyancy to biscuits, pancakes, and a variety of homemade breads. Experiment with beer as all are part of the liquid in package mixes to reconstitute instant or freeze-dried foods. Let's say you want to venture out on your own by adding beer to some of your own recipes. Now, let's take a look at the do's and don'ts to using beer in your own recipes. Okay. Let's start with three examples of what not to do when you add beer to your recipe. Don't let your food get drunk. No matter what recipe or tactic you want to try, never, ever get your food drunk. Even the weakest of alcohols in big volumes will destroy the meat, vegetables, or desserts you're working with. Cooking with beer works because of its nuance. Take things in moderation. Good point. Sometimes more is not better. Don't overdo it. It could, it could actually destroy what you're trying to do. And I'm trying to remember, I, I had an ex example of this that uh, I actually cooked, <laughs> I actually cooked something in beer and it, uh, and I can't remember what it was now, but I overdid the beer and it really uh, didn't taste very good. And I, I wish I could remember what it was, but, and that's what, that kind of kept me out of the, the cooking with beer for a while because once you make a mistake like that, it turns really bad. You don't want to do it to make it again. So, um, this, and again, this was before the internet. Remember, I've been drinking for a long time, and the internet is fairly new in my lifetime. And um, before the internet was out, and it had recipes you just go find with Google, um, there wasn't a lot, right? You kind of hear about using beer with different things. You try it, and then when you experiment, it either works or doesn't work. And I had a bad experiment. So that's when I kind of steered away from using beer. So don't get too drunk. Don't believe people that say it cooks off. Okay. Okay. No matter what recipe or tactic you want to try. Oh, wait. I already said that. <laughs> You've heard this at least a thousand times, I bet. Don't worry about the alcohol. It will cook right off. Here's the deal. Most of it will. You don't have to cook or your roast or cake that long to cook off more than half the alcohol, but you will never cook it all, cook off all of it. There will always be trace amounts left over. I can believe that, but I don't think there's enough that's going to get you uh, wasted. Um, there's a, uh, there's a recipe that my wife makes and geez, now again, I can't remember what it is. And, uh, Oh, it was beer bread. <laughs> She makes this really good beer bread. And, um, um, you know, we moved into our neighborhood and we moved in. Uh, it was a, a lot of, uh, of LDS Mormon uh, families around us that moved in. We moved here first and they moved in around us. And 
Uh, so we had uh, we always had uh, block parties during uh, the Fourth of July time frame, and we and everyone would bring their own foods. And so wh- one year, my wife uh, you know made some beer bread and she brought it out, and then we, we set it out there, and 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 we didn't realize that. Um, that all the, of our LDS Mormon neighbors were eating this bread, but it was made with, <laughs> made with beer. But luckily, it pretty much does all cook off. But we, did, we didn't have the heart to tell them that, yeah, you know, that we, we made that. That's beer bread. You know, we made it with beer. We didn't want to ruin their day, make, her, make them mad at us. But, uh, but yeah, for the most part, it does cook off. But, I mean, I, I don't think it's something you should really worry about as long as it's, you know, it's heating and stuff. If you're pouring it in and you're, and you're leaving it in there, and not cooking it, uh, then it, of course it will be more alcoholic because you, you're just drinking beer with your you know pickles or whatever you're, you're putting it in. So there might be a little bit more than that, but for the most part, it cooks off. But don't believe it will you know all cook off. My guess. Okay, don't think it needs fire. Ooh, everything needs fire. Yeah, we've all seen those cool cooks lighting up their saucepan as their food becomes. For a moment, engulfed in flames. I don't think you're going to engulf any beer in flames, but hey, it sounds pretty cool. But cooking with beer is not like that. It's a careful and slow process. One that is not flashy, but very, very tasty. Uh, Save the theatrics for another time. Yeah, I don't think you're going to catch beer on fire. It's, you know, 99% water. (laughs) I mean, unless unless you're drinking uh, a dogfish head worldwide imperial barrel age stout at you know 21 percent, then maybe that might catch on fire <laughs> but even that might be tough <laughs> but uh okay so that was three don'ts now let's see what you will do what you should do with beer these are three do's and this is the key this is these are like uh the, these are the things i think of about beer like when i when i want to add beer to something i a lot of times i want to do this first one uh, do replace some or all of the recipe with beer. A lot of times you'll see a recipe call for water or stock. Some of these are a good time to replace a liquid with a nice craft beer. Water and stock add very little flavor, obviously, so using a beer in the right way will let you develop another level of flavor. A soup is obviously a bad idea to replace all the stock with an equal amount of beer, but most recipes you can replace some of the liquid with a little beer and add a nice new flavor to the party. Remember, don't get your food drunk. Yeah, so uh, this is what we do. Like Typically, when we have an idea of, of adding beer to a recipe, um, and sometimes, I mean... I'm trying to remember some of the things that we've done recently where we just decided to go ahead and, and um, replace. We, we found that replacing all the liquid typically is too much with a beer, but if you, we like to use half of whatever the called stuff is. And then if, an, if it, it you know, we'll determine whether or not um, the flavor that we got is what we were looking for the next time. We might add three quarters or, or more, but I think a good option is to just do a 50-50 mix, right? If it calls for, and, and depending on what it calls for, if it just calls for water or or a broth, then do one of those as the, you know, as the, the beer to just add uh, character. And if it adds just all of one thing, then do half of that. So if it's three cups of, of broth, you can do, uh, you know, one and a half cups of beer with one and a half cups of broth or et cetera. So that's, that's what we typically do. It's easy um, and then you always got leftover beer to drink while you're cooking. So that's good. So Eric Gronley mentions Utopias. Yes, if you can find Utopias. And if you're not paying uh, $400 for a bottle. Uh, but yeah, that would be one that you could probably catch on fire if you if you really wanted to. Um, I've only been lucky enough to uh, try Utopias one time. And that was in Israel. Uh, I went to a beer tasting and uh, the guy who was holding it, um, he, you know, he won a homebrew contest in, in Israel for the best homebrew in in Israel twice, and he's got two. He had two bottles of Utopias that he won from Sam Adams. Um, and I got to try one of those bottles, and I think it was from 2014. I can't remember exactly. I need to look at my Untapped and find it out. But I'll tell you what: it's a it's it's not a beer. It's like a port. It's like a really or a brandy or something like that. Like a like a sipping um, spirit, and it's really good. But I I honestly I don't call I I can't. It doesn't taste like beer. So for me, I can't really call it a beer. 
And in a sense, nobody would want to set that on fire at those prices. You're right. I wouldn't want to set it on fire either. But I bet, but I will say that uh, in very small doses, I think it would add some great flavor to some of your some of your meals. Um, I mean, it's already got good flavor as it is. You add that, it'll add a nice, like I said, like a little brandy port character to whatever you're making. Okay, number two. Do think of the flavor first. Good old flavor. A good craft beer has a powerful flavor within. Sometimes this flavor is only is the only way to create a certain recipe. You need the beer to make this dish. Nothing else will do. When you're trying to decide which recipe is a must with which craft beer, don't just think about how the beer tastes. Think about how the flavors evolve while it's cooked. Sweetness from malts and bitterness from hops will change as it's cooked. Two different beers will do very different things in a recipe. Usually, the flavors that stand out will tend to stay strong while subtle flavors fall away. And this is a, another key thing, right? Um, I'll give you one example, and it's not really cooking. It kind of is cooking, but when you make beer floats or mix beer with ice cream, um, it really does matter what the type of beer is. And you would think that any dark stout would go great with ice cream, right? And it's not true. What you don't realize is a lot of stouts are very bitter because they have to counteract that sweetness. So when you mix in that bitter stout that you don't realize is bitter because at the time you're drinking it, you're, you're kind of like counteracting the sweetness and the, and the bitterness. It doesn't taste as bitter. But when you when you throw in that that ice cream and 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 that stout, uh, that bitterness like gets accentuated big time. So you really have to find the right beer and the right ice cream that goes with it. Vanilla can be too can cause that uh, that sharpness to be too too powerful. And I like to use um, you know when I do beer floats, I like to use coffee ice cream. And you know what? It really makes a difference in what type of coffee ice cream you use as well. And I know it sounds stupid, but I've had the best luck with haagen regular old coffee haagen ice cream. Something with the way it's made, it it blends, it works really well with the with the bitterness that's in the the stout or in, in the beer you're drinking, and um, it, it kind of blends blends it together better with that coffee and the and the, the stout. And the stout that I like making. My beer floats with the best is Young's Double Chocolate Stout. Um, again, that one's on nitro. So it already has a smoother, creamier um, body to it. And it doesn't have the sharpness that the carbonation would add to it. Um, and it, it, you know, it, it blends really well with the ice cream, the, the coffee ice cream. It makes a fantastic beer float. Um, so that's what, that, that, so that's one example of how sometimes you don't realize that a beer that you think is going to be great ends up being, you know, not so good for that, uh, for what you're trying to make. Now, do consider moisture as much as flavor. Marinating meat with a craft beer does something very special. First, it infuses the meat with the moisture that's needed for cooking. Second, it makes the meat soft to get that melt-in-your-mouth feeling. And third, it allows you to introduce new flavors deep into the meat. Moisture is as important sometimes as the flavor itself. Why? Because moisture allows meat to be enjoyed more to let the flavor stand up, but not just for meat. Moisture is important for all kinds of recipes beyond just meat. You can soak cooked cakes in beer so that it drinks up the flavor and, a, and it adds a brand new texture. You can make your vegetables more tender than ever before. So here's something that I... Uh, that I saw that uh, it, one of the recipes that I, I was interested in that, to try myself, and it was in this um, article of the Do and Don'ts, and it's IPA pickles. Um, and it, uh, it was intriguing. I didn't add this one to this list, but if you go to the Do and Don'ts article that will be on the show notes, um, in this section, they have a, a recipe for IPA pickles. I love pickles. Um, I have neighbors that, uh, that they grow a garden and we get, and they give us their fresh, I'm not, I have a brown thumb. I don't grow things very well. Um, so I don't try to do a garden, 
but I have a neighbor that has a huge garden and she just brings us over fresh vegetables all summer long. And then she has so many of these little cucumbers that she ends up making buckets and buckets of dill pickles. And she brings over, you know, contain, you know, she plastic buckets of dill pickles. And I'm sitting here eating dill pickles for, I just finished. In fact, I have one dill pickle left from the summer. I still have one left. I have one in the fridge. I almost ate it uh, Saturday, um, but I decided to save the one last pickle. But yeah, they're really good. So I am thinking that I might need to try to see if we can make an IPA pickle as well. It sounds sounds good. All right. So Tara says, mm, when my stout floats fail, I always blame the beer, not the ice cream. <laughs> well, Tara, think about it. It might be the ice cream too, but it most likely was a beer, but the ice cream does play a big, a big part of it. So don't just blame the, uh, uh, the beer. Make sure you have good ice cream to go with it. Okay. Uh, another one that, that mentioned is, um, I'm guessing like, like I never thought about soaking cakes in the beer, but it kind of is like a tiramisu type thing, right? And tiramisu has soaked alcohol in it. So why not take a, you know, a beer and do a little bit of a soaking of a of a cake, maybe a cake in between two cakes, so you have a moist layer. I mean that that sounds kind of cool. And I think Tara should uh, you know should try making a, a double layer cake with a with a a beer um, smaller cake in the middle, like a little thin layer of beer infused cake. Uh, you know that sounds good. What do you think, Tara? You can if you do make that, let me know. Send a picture. Let me know how it turns out because it sounds interesting. Okay, let's go over some recipes. And again, I'll, I will have the links in the show notes. And I, I kind of went through a, a section where uh, I want to get some some appetizers and then a main kind of a main dish and then kind of a dessert. So I have five five things here. First, we're going to start off with some bread. Who doesn't like bread, right? I already mentioned beer bread, but what about beer rye bread? Now, I haven't made beer rye bread before, um, and this recipe, uh, you know, looks pretty good. I'm, I'm a huge fan of rye, and I love rye bread. Uh, so let me just go ahead and, and let you know what beer rye bread is all about. So let's talk about the ingredients. So this takes a, a, a decent amount of beer, three cups of beer. Um, that's that's one and a half pints of of beer being used in this bread. So that's a good amount of beer. A lot of times recipes only use a small amount, but they're using three cups. Um, a third cup of lard or bacon fat. Wow. If you're going to put in some bacon fat and lard, that's going to be, you know, hey, that must be the secret ingredient as well. You're going to use a half cup of firmly packed light brown sugar, a half cup of light molasses, a half tablespoon of salt, two tablespoons of grated orange rind. Nice. Two tablespoons of caraway seeds. There we get the rye flavor. Uh, two packages of dry active yeast or active dry yeast, a half cup warm water. So here we've got three cups of beer and a half cup of uh, of warm water. And then five cups of, of rye flour and five to six cups of white flour. So, wow, there's a lot of flour in here. And I guess it's because it did say that this makes, this yields two large loaves of bread. So be prepared to eat some bread. But if you're making this for a party, this might be a great way of just having some small, cut-up, sliced pieces of bread to go with the next item we'll talk about in a minute. Keep that in mind, and it'll lead you, lead you forward into the next uh, the next thing. Okay, so here's the directions on how you. This is I, I want I like to give you guys the the whole rundown because you can see how easy or how difficult these recipes are. I try to choose ones that were pretty easy, not too difficult, because if it's too difficult, nobody wants to do it. So first, you're going to heat the butter until it just bubbles. Then add that that lard or bacon fat, brown sugar, molasses, salt, orange rind, and caraway seeds. Cool to lukewarm. Now you're going to dissolve some yeast in the warm water. Add it, add the, add to lukewarm water the beer mixture. So you're going to put the yeast in the water, then add beer to that to that mixture. You're going to beat in the rye flour and enough white flour to make it soft dough. Turn it on on a heavy floured board. Knead until smooth and elastic. Okay. Uh, place in a greased bowl, turning uh, turning to grease top. So make sure everything's nice and uh, greased up. Uh, cover and let rise in a warm place until it's double the size in bulk. Punch down dough 
and needs again, it's all important. You got to make sure you need this thing really well. Divide in half, shape into two round, long ovals on a greased cookie sheet, slash tops of loaves with a sharp knife. Let rise until double in bulk. Bake at 350 degrees for 40 to 45 minutes or until done. Like I said, it yields two large loaves. So this sounds like something good, something I can definitely get into. Um, And why would I want to have some nice rye beer bread? I want it to go with my beer cheese bisque. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't like some good old beer cheese bisque? And let's talk about the ingredients with this appetizer. So you're going to have your rye bread, beer bread. You're going to have some beer cheese bisque. Uh, The ingredients are a quarter cup butter or margarine. Use butter, of course. Uh, One small onion chopped. Two small carrots, finely chopped. A half cup of finely chopped celery. A third cup of all-purpose flour. Two cups of light cream. Two and a half cups of grated sharp cheddar cheese. Four egg yolks yolks slightly beaten. Don't beat those things too hard. Uh, salt and white pepper and just a quarter cup of chopped chives. Hey, I didn't see any beer in this thing. Light cream. Ah, I totally don't see the beer. Okay, well, maybe they add beer later. <laughs> I guess I should have I should have vetted this out better. I thought, I was thinking the, the three cups of light cream was three cups of light beer or something. I wonder if it's supposed to be cream L. But no, it needs to have cream. It's a bisque, so. Okay, well, man. This is, this is totally I this is this totally just ruined me. I don't see any beer in this thing. Damn it. Okay, so melt butter and saute onions, carrots, and celery until golden brown. Stir in flour, gradually stir in cream and beer. Where's the damn beer? Did I miss the beer? They forgot to say how much beer to put in this thing. <laughs> it says to mix in the beer, but Maybe I deleted it. Maybe I maybe I didn't copy it in there. Oh, well. Maybe it's in the, uh, you know what? Maybe I should check this uh, recipe again. Let me just go quickly. I have, okay, I have the link right here. I can just check. I got to find out how much beer this takes. There's no beer. It doesn't say how much beer. This is a, this is a flawed recipe. Damn it. Damn, I really wanted to make this too, but it doesn't say how much beer to put in. Now, failed. I failed you all. I failed you all. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to read it anyway. So you're going to stir in the cream and beer, which we don't know how much beer. Cook over low heat, stir in constantly until lightly thickened. Add cheese and stir until cheese is melted. Uh, Beat hot soup into egg yolks. Return the heat and season to taste with salt and pepper. Do not boil. Garnish with with a dab of sour cream and sprinkled with chives. Yields 12 servings. Okay, and looks like uh, Eric Gronley is going to give those pickles a try. Sounds interesting and worth a try. And yes, and it uses beer, unlike this damn cheese, beer cheese bisque. I can't believe they left the beer. I'm going to write that website and say, hey, what about the beer? How much beer do I use in this thing? Crazy people. Okay, let's pretend that there's actually beer in the beer cheese bisque, because that would be good. Um, Now... We need something a little bit more substance, some starch to add to this thing, right? We have that cheese, uh, and now we, you know, and we have the bread. Dip the bread in the cheese bisque. Now we're gonna have some beer potato salad. I'm a sucker for good potato salad. Throw some beer in there. I'm over the top. So this takes three cups of mayonnaise or veganese if you're like me and and eat veganese. Uh, Three-quarter cup sour cream, one-quarter cup beer. Wow, only a quarter cup beer. I might need to triple that. I need some more beer in my potato salad. Six cups of cooked potato. Well, you know what? I don't want too much because then it would be, I don't want soupy beer. Maybe I cook the beer, maybe I cook the potatoes in beer like you do beer brats. Then it would infuse the potatoes with the flavor of the beer and add even more flavor. to. What do you think? That might work, right? I mean, I'm going off on my own here. Uh, six cups of cooked potatoes peeled and cubed, a half cup onions chopped, three quarters cup celery chopped, one half pound bacon cooked and crumbled, uh, salt and pepper to taste. Blend mayonnaise, sour cream, and beer, lightly tossed with potatoes, onion, and celery. Garnish with crumbled bacon, salt and pepper to taste. Chill for three hours for a summer delight or place in a slow oven at 275 degrees for 20 minutes to accompany a winter supper. 
I've never had hot <laughs> potato salad before. Has anyone, Tara, have you made hot potato salad before? It sounds interesting, but I don't know about cooking all that mayonnaise and and uh, sour cr- cream and stuff in an oven, though. It sounds kind of weird, but hey, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm, I'm willing to try anything. Uh, but yeah, that 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 sounds good, and it's not too hard to, to make. And like I said, maybe you can, um, you know, add some more flavor um, by cooking the potatoes in beer as well. I wonder if that would turn out. I've never tried to cook potatoes in beer, um, but hey, we'll give it a shot. All right, so now let's get into something that's really going to give us some, some, uh, you know, some some food and nourishment here. Some porter. Some porter pulled short rib sandwiches. Wow, who doesn't like some nice short short rib meat uh, and some porter, you know, added in there uh, and in a sandwich? That wow, sounds good to me. So this is going to take three pounds of beef short ribs, one carrot peeled and diced, one rib of celery peeled and diced, one onion peeled and diced, two shallots peeled and diced, two garlic cloves peeled and finely diced, uh, 32 ounces of beef stock and 32 ounces of dark beer, preferably a porter. So here it is, a 50-50, right? You're going to use some beef stock and you're going to use some dark beer. There's got, you know, you don't, you got to be uh, balanced there, I guess, you know, but that's 32 ounces. That's two 16-ounce bottles um, and one container of beef, like the beef stock that we buy. It's 32 ounces. So that works out well. Salt and pepper to taste along with two bay leaves. The directions are to preheat the oven to 320 degrees Fahrenheit. Using a five to six quart Dutch oven, place the beef in pan. Season top of beef with salt and pepper and add vegetables. Pour in dark beer and beef stock to cover and cover with lid. Cook at 320 degrees Fahrenheit for three hours. Remove the beef from the pan and shred with two forks. Over medium heat, reduce the juices until they become glazed. Then add it to the beef. Serve on toasted buns. Now, this sounds really good. And, um, you know, we, I, I love our, we, you know, we have a cast iron Dutch oven. We've had this thing for 25 years. Um, we use it all the time. I, I, we love cooking in it. But I hate cleaning the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Every time that I see Sarah pull it out and and set it on the you know and set it out to to use, I'm like, oh damn! That means I'll be up cleaning and seasoning, you know, and uh, making sure everything's. I, I you have to take care of it just right, or it you know you ruin it. And I have a nice season on this thing after 25 years, and uh, I don't want to ruin it. So I take really good care to make sure it's protected and everything. But it is kind of a pain in the ass to clean. I. I don't know. Maybe other people have uh, better methods, but I'm, I don't know. It's, it's fun. But hey, Dutch ovens are great. And Tara says uh, she hasn't, um, she hasn't, uh, what was the last thing I said to, uh, <laughs> whatever I asked Tara about before, she hasn't done it. So if you remember what I said, <laughs> Because I don't, <laughs> but it's okay. So not she. She hasn't. Uh, she hasn't done that. But um, she also says she always slow cooks um, her pulled pork in beer, and she says it takes a lot to ruin cast iron. Lighten up. You know what? I need to lighten up. I do need to lighten up. That's true. <laughs> All right. So there's our main course. Not to again. It's still. You know, I went with everything that's kind of in a, a, you know, easy to eat for those parties that people can just come grab a little cup and of soup and, and, and some bread and they can grab a sandwich. And, and it's all things that are, are small. Add a little bit of a potato salad on a plate. It's everything that, I mean, you can make a whole beer meal and, uh, you know, have it all like good football watching or little party, you know, gathering, winter party gathering, uh, you know, plates and stuff. So it's, it's good. Okay. Now I have one more, one more, uh, recipe and this is dessert, right? We can't leave out dessert. Now in the past, we've talked about recipes of making cookies and cakes and 
things like that, I decided to go a little bit different this time. And, uh, oh, thank you, Tara, for reminding me that she hasn't made the hot potato salad before. So I think I've, I've piqued her interest. Maybe she will try the hot potato salad. <laughs> I, I might try it, but I'm the only one who can eat it. No one else in my house can eat, eat it. So that's a lot of, I'd have to make the, the recipe half the, the size because I'm not going to be able to eat that much potato salad. Six, six potatoes worth? I don't think so. I need to, I'm usually like a three potato max kind of guy. <laughs> six is a little too much for one person. Three is too much for one person. When I make three potato things, it usually lasts me like, you know, for four leftovers. Okay, so what, back to my dessert. This is a lager lime infused mint sorbet. Boom! Yeah, sorbet. I love sorbet. And why not throw a little lager in there, a little lime? I love lime and I love mint. It sounds very refreshing. Now, one caveat is that it does help if you have a ice cream maker, you know, that, that, that it's kind of a requirement. You can't make this without having some way of, of getting it to become solid. I, ju- I just happen to have an ice cream maker, so it works out perfect for me. Uh, so this might be something I try. So you need one cup of lager. You need a half cup of lime juice, three-quarters cup water, three tablespoons of corn syrup. I, I'd probably change the corn syrup out for agave syrup or something a little bit different. I don't know if I want to use corn syrup, but it, that's what it calls for. Uh, four tablespoons of sugar, a half tablespoon of sorbet stabilizer, okay, and eight leaf mints whole. The directions are, in a medium saucepan over medium heat, bring lager beer, lime juice, water, corn syrup, sugar, and sorbet stabilizer to a simmer. Cover the saucepan and lower the heat, cooking for approximately three minutes. Remove the mixture from the heat, adding the whole mint leaves and cool to room temperature. Chill the mixer for at least four hours. Freeze in an ice cream maker according to the manufacturer's instructions. So I guess you can you can make this with that. You can just chill it for four hours in a I wonder if you can just put it in a freezer and chill it and then just like scrape it off of the thing. Or you could freeze it in a ice cream maker. But maybe you just got maybe you got chilled in the fridge to get down to a cooler temperature and then put it in an ice cream maker. But um yeah, the ice cream maker is pretty easy. But yeah, that sounds good. I can make that. Um yeah, I like it. I, I think I gotta think of the I think I want to use a a lighter flavored lager though. Uh, something to go well with the lime. So I think a light American lager, not a Budweiser, but a craft beer one. Uh, I think that would go well with the lime and the mint. Not And, and I don't want to use a, a darker amber lager because that would be too much flavor of, uh, you know, of those caramel malts. I don't want to have the caramel flavor. I want to have more of just a crisp, maybe a Pilsner. Ooh, I wonder if a, I wonder if a good Pilsner, but that might be too sharp too. I don't know. This is kind of hard. I got to find the right beer for this. But I think a light American lager would be good, but a craft beer version of it. Maybe even North, you know what? North Fork Lager from Payette. That's one I have local. I think that would work well because it has, it is a lighter um, pale lager. Uh, I think that would go really well with this lager lime infused mint sorbet. Okay. Oh, guess what? 28 minutes ago, Chris sent me a message saying, just saw this message, but it's okay, Chris. I got it under control. I figured out how to use Facebook, and people seem to be on and watching us, so it, it must be working. Maybe a Kolsch. Uh, Eric, yeah, that might work. Um, it, it's, it's, it'll give you similar. It's an L, which is fine. I don't think it matters if it's a lager or an L. I think they use lager because that's a, a lighter one. But you're right. A Kolsch, I think, would go really well with those flavors. Good, good choice. And then he says also he can toss it in a bucket outside and here in Minnesota. Yeah. You know what, Eric? I've been in Minnesota um, in wintertime, I was in, uh, Minneapolis, uh, and I, and I literally driving, driving on the freeway, I lost my car in a, in a pothole and then it reemerged. Luckily all the tires weren't flat. <laughs> I mean, Minnesota has some serious potholes during wintertime when that, when that, fr- that frost heaving happens and tears up the road. I think they need to figure out how to make like some kind of super, super tough, but yeah, it gets really cold out there. In fact, it dropped like I flew in and there was some snow. And then that night it had like a big storm. And then it was like, like two and a half, three feet, like a lot of snow, two and a half feet of snow. I had to go unbury the car <laughs> to get it out of the, 
But you know what? I will say this, that Minnesota, I thought for sure there was no way that, that, that the roads were going to be cleared. And the highway was completely clear of snow when I left to go to, to work that day. So I'm like, I mean, I had to unbury my car. It took me, you know, 30, 45 minutes to unbury the car and get a, a path out. But once I got on the freeway, the freeway was clear. So that I'm doing a pretty good job of cleaning the roads there. Okay, guess what? That is the end of our recipes. I hope this was a fun exercise in giving you guys some more ideas to use with cooking with beer, some do's and don'ts. And let me know, let us know here at Tap the Craft Podcast if you tried any of these recipes and how it turned out. Send us a, you know, tag us on your Instagram or Twitter or Facebook with a picture of, of your meal and a little description would be fantastic. So Eric says, more and more concrete on highways as an upgrade. We joke that we have two seasons, summer and winter road construction. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, now it's time. Wait, you know what? Before I get into the next segment, let me, let me I, hey, I'm almost done with this 18.7-ounce uh, 18, beer. That tastes good warm. Although, I will say now that's warmed up a little bit more. Now it's room temperature. <laughs> now that I've been talking for 52 minutes. Um, the beer has warmed up quite a bit. I'm getting, um, I wonder if they're starting to, it says organic though, but I wonder if they're starting to use fla- like chocolate flavor additives or if they've always used it because as it warms up and gets like, it's pretty warm right now, um, I'm starting to get a little bit of, uh, of artificial you know, flavor at the end of, you know, at the finish, not so much natural, like you get with cocoa nibs or, or things. So I wonder if they're using a, an organic natural flavoring, but it's still not, you know, chocolate, chocolate, like you would get with, you know, with shaving cocoa nibs in there or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's still good. All right. So now it's time for the new and noteworthy beer. And, uh, Okay, I'm going to move my glass around so I don't accidentally knock my beer all over my desk here. I need to get my phone ready and get my untapped up because I want to talk about... Oh, oh Chris is sending me messages. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> He's sending me all the information to log into Zoom, but it's too late, buddy. I'm already I'm already knee-deep into this episode. It's not going to happen. Okay. So I have, I drank a lot of beer since our last episode, but I was going to keep it short when, when I thought it was just going to be Chris and I, because sometimes I get carried away. And I only listed three beers. Now, two of these beers are from our little black dark beer uh, get together that we had. And the first one I'm going to talk about again. Okay. So my buddy Alex from Israel came into town. He brought eight beers to share with us i only got we only got through i think four of those eight so i still have four left because i brought i had a bunch of beers we were drinking and another friend and a couple other friends brought some beer so you know we had a lot of beer drinking and i drank we drank four of the ones and one of the ones that that he brought was from thornbridge brewery in uh in uh england and it's called coco wonderland porter and this is uh, what I said about this. this is a fantastic porter with a nice chocolate flavor, but not heavy and not too sweet. An easy drinking dessert beer. And uh, this beer, uh, com- especially compared to the one I'm drinking now, of course, this is a porter and, and that one, the, the organic stout is an organic, is a chocolate stout. But man, this porter was really good. And it, and it, it, it tasted like a porter. But you had this very um, kind of subtle and, and not over the top, you know, chocolate flavor in there, and it was done really, really well. It just, you know, you still had a little bit of the toastiness from, uh, you know, from the malts, and and, that, and then you had that subtle uh, cocoa, like like cocoa chocolate cocoa uh, mix in there, and it was really nice. And it wasn't cloying, and it wasn't sweet, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't any problems. I gave it a five cap rating, so that kind of explains that I really enjoyed that beer. Um, and yeah, so that's Thornbridge. That's the second or third Thornbridge beer I've had from from Alex bringing it over from Israel. Uh, so yeah, if you have a chance to get Thornbridge, go try it out. 
So for all, of course, for all of our over the seas listeners as well, because it's probably easier for you guys to get get them than than for us to get it here. I have to have my buddy Alex muled in for me from from Israel. So that's the first beer. The second beer is an Irish beer from Ireland, and this is um, O'Hara, O'Hara's O'Hara's Brewery, and this is O'Hara's Leanne Folain, and it's a foreign export stout and um this i'll tell you what typically i'm not a huge fan of foreign export styles because i think the malts come across a lot more tarry you know, like like tar or um or like uh like like backstrap molasses heavy like like heavy molasses or what's another What's another uh, dark syrupy thing? Molasses and something else. But it comes, normally export styles come across a little bit too strong in that flavor. I'll tell you what, this one did not come too strong. I think it had a little bit more malt, you know, roasted malt, heavy malt flavor in there, but not too much. So what I wrote about this, I really like this stout. It is bold and bitter and roasty. Um, It has some great coffee and dark chocolate flavor. Thanks, Alex. I gave this one a four and a half cap rating, and uh, I I just really enjoyed this this stat. It just I mean, it just it was done really well. So if you have a chance to to have this one, go 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 have it. Um, it's interesting because he had another O'Hara's, um, and this is and he had the same beer, but it was a bur- barrel aged version of it, and it also stepped up the alcohol content. I think this first one was like. Six percent, and the second one was nine point something percent. So it, it it added some alcohol to it, but I'll tell you what, it completely changed the beer. The I mean, the beer tasted nothing like the base beer that I, we had just drank before that. So it was nice that he had a version of each, so we could taste the base beer, and then we could taste the barrel aged version of it. Now the barrel aged version was a was aged um, two hundred days on these barrels. And that aging, you really got the character of the the oak from the barrel and a little bit of the spirits, actually quite a bit of the spirits, but it wasn't over the top like boozy, although I think some people thought it was pretty boozy, but I didn't think it was over the top boozy. I just thought the transformation of that base beer to what this beer was was incredible. But I think I like the base beer better because I do like that that roastiness, right? That coffee, dark chocolate bitterness. I, I appreciate that. And so I gave this other beer, which I wasn't supposed to talk about, but since I'm kind of talking pretty fast, um, I gave this other one a four cap rating. So I gave the base beer a 4.5 and the bourbon barrel or the whiskey barrel aged version uh, a four. Okay. And my last beer I'm going to talk about is Sockeye Brewery, local brewery, Sockeye Brewing, just celebrated their 25th anniversary. Now, I've been um, visiting them for 20 years now. So I I haven't been around for, I've only been in Boise for 20 years. So I haven't been around for all 25 that Sockeye's been around, but I've been around and drinking their beer for 20 of those 25. And I do enjoy Sockeye. And, um, you know, they're one of the, you know, the oldest breweries. There's still a few older ones in town, but they're one of the oldest ones uh, still around. Um, this this is called their Silver Anniversary. Um, yeah, it's, an, it's an Imperial IPA. It says it's an Imperial Hazy or New England Hazy IPA, but I don't necessarily. I don't. I I don't know. I don't feel it was really a a New England Hazy. It didn't feel that way to me. So I'm just going to call it a a good double IPA. Um, I gave this beer a four and a quarter cap rating because I I really enjoyed it for a double. Uh, big bigger beer. I think it was. Nine and a half percent, you know, pretty nine and a half percent. I think it was a pretty big beer. It says in my description, I said, I've been drinking sockeye beer for 20, 20 of the 25 years. So cheers. This is one of the best double IPAs they've made. Really good flavors and not too heavy. Well done. I have to agree. I think this is probably their best double IPA that I've had at sockeye. They made some good beers, but I think this one just really stood up above the, the rest of them. So there you go. There are my new and noteworthy beers for episode 193. Okay, well, guess what? 
it is the end of the show. It's right at an hour. See, at least I'm not going too short. It's going to be a short show for us normally. Normally, you get about an hour and a half. But you know what? I told you, it's the end of the year. We've got stuff to do. We can't just be wasting your time. I'm going to get you back out there, wrapping those presents, visiting your family, tucking your kids in to bed, whatever. We'll get you back there early tonight. But before I do that, I always want to raise my glass. And yeah, this is a light beer night for me. One beer in an hour. That's crazy. I usually have at least two, if not three beers down in an hour. But yeah, it's one one beer and I still have room to toast. So my first toast goes out to our Patreon supporter, Mr. Mike, Matt Knight, who was on earlier but had to go eat some dinner. I don't know if he's back on, but cheers to you, Matt. Thank you for your support on Patreon. And then I also want to support raise my glass to a few friends. First off, I've already mentioned Alex Fuchs. Um, very good friend of mine. Brought some great beers. I look forward to drinking the other four beers. Cheers to you, buddy. Thank you for coming, um, visiting, fellowship, drinking beer and all that. And also, this is uh, this is his brewery, his home brewery. He is a home brewer, makes some great home beer. It's the Three-Legged Crow Brewery. And uh, he got this nice shirt. And there's also... A saying on the back, which I can't really turn around, but yeah, I forget what it says because I can't see my back. But he bought this shirt for me that he had made, and I really appreciate that. So I'll be wearing this around town, showing off my support for the Three-Legged Crow Brewery. And I also want to raise my glass to, uh, and I'm just going to say Jordan and Kevin. They know who they are. Cheers to you guys if you're listening. Uh, I appreciate your support and enjoy the show. And of course, being a former serviceman, I always want to raise my glass and thank all those who have served and who are currently serving in the U.S. military services, protecting our freedoms. Um, I hope all who are deployed will be able to return uh, home safely to their families very soon and hopefully before the holidays. And guess what? We have a new sponsor. Um, it's brand new. Chris, Chris worked this up uh, just a couple days ago. We're still working out the details, but I will say that our new sponsor is called Frost Buddy. They specialize in cooling containers for your beverage of choice. Frost Buddy has the Universal Buddy 2.0, which is the world's first universal can cooler that encompasses 12-ounce cans, slim cans, bottles, and even 16-ounce cans, all into one cooling container to keep it cold. Now, Chris has been talking about these containers for a while. He loves it. And that's why he reached out to this to this company and asked uh, if, if they would sponsor us. And they very kindly said, yes, we will. They're sending us four of these Frost Buddy or Universal Buddy 2.0 Frost Buddy containers to give away to our lucky listeners. These are fantastic prizes that we will be giving out throughout 2022. So stay tuned on how you can win a frost buddy. And of course, um, oh, wait a minute. You know what? I have more to say about them. They also, uh, frost buddy also has the world's first universal wine cooler and the 24 ounce stainless steel mugs and even stainless steel dog bowls. Wow. They got all kinds of stuff. You can visit their website at frostbuddy.com and use our promo code tap the craft, all one word at checkout to let them know we sent you. I'm not yet sure if there's a discount associated with it, there might be. We're still working out the details. But go ahead and use Tap the Craft and at least let them know that we sent you there. And then, again, we will be giving away, you know, one every quarter a Frost Buddy. This is a prize worth, retail price of $40. That's a pretty good prize. $40 worth is, is pretty good. So stay tuned on how you can do it. And um, I'll be getting, uh, Chris will be using his Frost Buddy on the air when we record. So you can just see if you, if you actually visit us and, and watch us live, you'll be able to see us using these things and, and, and get a, a firsthand, uh, rec, you know, uh, review of it. Um, and I'll be getting one here t hopefully before the end of the year. And I'll be showing off mine too. We can show you how these things are, can really keep your beer cold. He's, Chris says he's been using it outside. And he'll be outside working for hours, and his beer will still be cold inside this uh, inside this, this little container, and and he can drink it. Like you're not drinking it from a you're drinking it from the can, so you're going to lose some of the the nuance of of all that glassware we talked we did last episode. But it's okay when you're out working in the yard, 
you don't want to necessarily have a, you know, a, an open glass that's going to be collecting bugs and leaves and, you know, stuff. So it's okay. It's okay. You can drink out. You can drink out the can. Trying to think if there was something else I was going to say about that, but I got carried away. We're going to continue on. And you can find the beers and links to the articles mentioned on the show in the show notes located on the show post at taptocraft.com. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, I can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at loose screw. And Chris, when, you know, if you want to contact him, he can be found on Twitter never at Chris underscore McKenzie 82. I was close. I was really close to when I kind of whipped that thing out and, and off my head. I said 86. It's 82. Chris underscore McKenzie 82 on Twitter or untapped on Instagram at MCK1345. And of course, you can interact with him on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash tap to craft. All right. It is last call. It is time to bring the show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening. We ask you to please tell a friend. And of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And just as a reminder, we release a new episode every two weeks. Now go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Merry Christmas to all, to all the Tap to Craft listeners out there. How could I forget to wish everyone a Merry Christmas? I guess I was so wrapped up in myself that I didn't think about everyone else. So I'll, I'll put this in at the end of the show. Wish everyone a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you uh, at the... Oh, and one last thing. We will be recording next Monday because Chris can't record on the the week of Christmas. So we're going to, or the week after Christmas, whatever the next time we record. So we will record next Monday for the New Year's Day recording release. (laughs) I don't think. Uh, Okay, guys. Merry Christmas. That's all, folks. (laughs) 